And sadly, many do follow these false teachers whose messages cause the truth of God's word to be blasphemed. But we need to have discernment. And the only way that I know that we can have discernment is to make sure that we're in a church that teaches what the word of God says, but also as individuals that we are studying the word of God for ourselves, that we are learning the word of God, that we can discern between truth and false. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. Our study today, it comes from Jeremiah chapter 29. And it was a time when Jeremiah was writing to the captives who had been taken to Babylon. Their nation had fell, and Jerusalem had been destroyed by this time. And there were false prophets who were saying that God would soon deliver them and bring them from their captivity, yet Jeremiah had a different message for the people. They were living in days of uncertainty, days of the Babylonian captivity, And this is the passage that I would like us to focus on today because I believe that we too are living in days of uncertainty. And so to think about how we as believers in Jesus Christ should conduct ourselves in the days that we find ourselves in. So today we're looking at Jeremiah chapter 29 verses 1 through 14. I titled this passage, Living in Uncertain Times, and I broke it into three parts. We have the letter in verses 1 through 3, the counsel in verses 1 through 9, and the promise, verses 10 through 14. We ask, Father, that you would bless now the teaching of your word, that, Lord, we not only could understand the history of the children of Israel and what they had gone through, but, Lord, that it would give us courage for the day and age that we find ourselves in this day. We pray in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. He got took by the rulers. He signed a law that he couldn't get out of, even as the king. And he said to Daniel, I know your God can save you. And God did save Daniel. And for those who might think that the furnace really wasn't that hot, the men who went to cast them in, they were burned up just at the casting in. And for The lions, those who had entrapped Daniel, 
Darius had those men cast into the lion's den, and the word of God tells us before they even hit the floor, the lions were already tearing them apart. Although God called them to increase in the land, we find that they were to pray for the peace of the cities. There were challenges that sometimes went against the very word of God that caused the people to have to take stands that I'm standing on the side of faith. It may be that we would strive to stand on the side of faith in all situations. Verses 8 and 9, they were to watch and not be deceived. There was part of their prophets, their diviners, who were in their midst telling them that they were going to be released. And God said, do not listen to them. Do not listen to your dreams. For they prophesy falsely in my name. I have not sent them. They were to build houses. They were to plant gardens. They were to take wives. That they might have sons and daughters. That they would have grandsons and granddaughters. They were going to be there for a while. But there were those who were prophesying a different scenario, telling the children of Israel that we would soon be released and return back to our homeland. And Jeremiah had a totally different message. He's like, no, you're going to be here a while. You're going to not only have children in this land, you're going to have grandchildren in this land. So be prepared to stick around. We also in the church have false prophets. Peter talked about this in 2 Peter 2, verses 1 and 2, saying, But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of the truth will be blasphemed. So even if a false prophet, a prophetess, could produce signs to validate their message, if the message contradicts the very word of God, it's not to be followed in our church age today. If we have things that come forth that contradict the word of God, we are as the church to follow what the word says not those who would contradict the word of God. Within our churches today, we have churches who have presented false teachers. They have a watering down of the message of the word of God. And people follow them greatly because they like the twisting of scripture. They like the watered down gospel that is soft towards sin. And sadly, many do follow these false teachers whose messages caused the truth of God's word to be blasphemed. But we need to have discernment. And the only way that I know that we can have discernment is to make sure that we're in a church that teaches what the word of God says, but also as individuals that we are studying the word of God for ourselves, that we are learning the word of God, that we can discern between truth and false. Galatians 1 verses 7 through 9 tells us, but there are some who trouble you want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what we have received, let him be accursed. 
another gospel saying that there are many roads that lead to heaven, teaching that all religions kind of make their way to eternal life in heaven, that Jesus is not the only way. These are all other gospels. And the word of God said, let them be accursed. So we need to make sure that we have the truth of God's word in our hearts. And by holding true to our faith and God's word, we can find increase in our lives while praying for the peace of our cities and discerning between the false and the truth. You know, this whole message grew up in my mind, formulated this week from two things, or maybe three. We are living in days of uncertainty, number one. Number two, uh, news is talking about the recession, and they're equating it to 40 years ago. 40 years ago, Lily and I were just starting out as husband and wife. So we lived through a very difficult time where I was out of work for a long period of time during that time. There were difficult days, but the Lord, here we are as husband and wife 43 years later. We have not only survived those hard days 40 years ago, but during that time, the Lord taught us a few lessons. He actually put calls upon our lives and had us taking steps of faith that would challenge us and stretch us and cause us to grow. We have increased. And so I'm remembering that we've been here once before. I know it's different now than it was 40 years ago, but there are some similarities. But also it was a prayer request that came to me. And this prayer request coming from a young person. And I just felt for that person. As an older man, not an old man, but an older man, I have a great concern for the next generation of believers and the things that they might face. Perhaps that we would face even as well. And so I want this message to be an encouragement. And Jeremiah tells his people that by holding true to faith, to God's word, that you will find increase in your life, that we should pray for the peace of our cities, that we should learn to discern between the false and truth. And then you have this beautiful verses, the end of it, the promise, verses 10 through 14. These are just wonderful verses that we find out here in Jeremiah 29 as we close out this passage today. I'm not reading the whole letter, but I'm just kind of holding back in these next few verses. In verse 10, he reminds them that they're going to be there for a while, 70 years, in fact. For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are complete at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. So the 70 years of captivity was in fulfillment of the prophecies that were spoken by Jeremiah against Judah, who had provoked the Lord to anger by worshiping the works of their own hands, by not allowing the land to rest. They were to give their land a Sabbath rest, and they never did this. They were in the 
sixth year, the God promised, I will bless you in year number six. So in year number seven, I want you to just let the land rest. Don't go out planting in the springtime and planting your crops that you can harvest in the fall. Just leave it be. What grows, grows. You can go out and glean in the field. But I'll give you enough abundance in year number six that it will sustain you in year number seven and you'll have enough seed to plant in year number eight until the harvest comes in. And we learned that they never trusted in the Lord. And I am sure that there were probably a number of year number six abundant times. I'm sure the very first time the sixth year came around that God blessed the people. And perhaps what they were thinking with all this wealth, we'll be able to build more barns, tear down the old barns and build new barns. Instead of trusting in the Lord to let the land rest. And it's talked about in Jeremiah 25, 1 through 14, Jeremiah 29, here in verses 10, 10 through 14, Leviticus 25, the instruction to let it rest, Leviticus 25, verses 4 through 6, and 34 through 35. And again, Jeremiah 25, 11 and 12, it says, This whole land shall be desolate and astonishment. These nations shall serve the kings of Babylon 70 years. Then it will come to pass when the 70 years are complete that I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation in the land of the Chaldeans for their iniquity, says the Lord, and I will make it a perpetual desolation. So God said through the prophet Jeremiah, you're going to be here a while. You're going to be here for 70 years. At the end of the 70 years, I'll punish the king of Babylon. I'll punish the Chaldeans. And I'll make their land a permanent desolation. Think about the area of Iraq today, where Babylon proper is found. There is no great city of Babylon today. It is in ruins, as the word of God said. By not allowing the land its Sabbath's rest, Israel never truly trusted in the Lord God who had planted them there, established them there. And even though they were not keeping count, God was keeping count. And he exacted the punishment. He added up all those years and said, you're going to remain for 70 years in captivity. Jeremiah 24, verses 6 and 7. For I will set my eyes on them for good. I will bring them back to this land. I will build them up and not pull them down. I will plant them and not pluck them up. Then I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord God, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God, for they shall return to me with their whole heart. And as it was for Israel, so it can be for us today. This is because God is a God of second chance, who takes lives that are headed for ruin and turns them around that they might be a blessing to others. In verse 11, God said to the people, and he says to us today, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and of not evil, to give you a future and a hope. I was looking at the first bulletin of this year in the pastor's pen. These are the words that I wrote. 
The very first bulletin of this year. Although we have entered a new year, our world is still dealing with the COVID pandemic. Nothing has changed. Moreover, there is political tension in the U.S., global unrest, and an underlying feeling that things will never go back to normal. Nothing has changed. Thankfully, we are able to find peace and hope in the one that holds our future, Jesus Christ. The Lord God says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, thoughts of peace and of not evil, to give you a future and a hope. And God knows those thoughts, thoughts of peace and not evil, thoughts of a future to give us a hope. Now counter this, this week our president said to many within our nation that we were going to have a winter of severe illness and death. Thank you, bravo, great speech. You're all gonna die. A lot of future and hope in that. Though the president's word has caused many to despair, even several cities now implementing harsher mandates. Realize that the Lord God wants to give us a future and a hope. And this is because he thinks thoughts of peace toward us, not evil. The greatest thought of peace that the Lord has given us is that of sending his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to be the savior of the world. The Jesus himself said, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. I'll take the words of Jesus over our president any day. Amen. 12 through 14. Then you will call on me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all nations and the places where I've driven you, says the Lord. I will bring peace to you in the place from which I have caused you to be carried away captive. And in those wonderful verses as we close out today, God tells the future generation in Israel, he was actually telling, remember, he said, build houses, plant gardens, get married, have children, marry off your children that they can have children. And so here the Lord is actually talking to the grandchildren 70 years later, saying that they would be freed from the Babylonian captivity. And when their freedom came, God assured them, that they would call upon him, they would pray to God. And, and we have some wonderful examples of this from that generation that survived the captivity. We have those prayers written to us in Scripture. Wonderful promise of God saying that, though I scattered you, I will bring you back. And we find that men like Daniel and Ezra and Nehemiah and many others, they learned to call, to pray, to seek, to search for God's will. In Daniel 9, verses 1 and 3, he said, In the first year of Darius, so after the Babylonian captivity, in the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, in the lineage of the Medes, 
who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. Then I set my face toward the Lord to make request and prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. Daniel was studying the word of God. He understood. He said, 70 years. He said the 70 years, he knew it was up. And so he said, I'm going to pray to God. What is going to be the future of our people? Ezra, Ezra 7, 6. This Ezra came up from Babylon. He was a skilled scribe in the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given. The king granted him all his requests according to the hand of the Lord God that was upon him. Ezra went back to Jerusalem to help rebuild the temple. Why? Because he had been studying the word of God. He knew the promises of God. And so he began to pray to God what his part might be in the restoration of his people. Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 4, So it was when he heard these words, I sat down and wept. I mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Nehemiah 2 verses 4 and 5, Then the king said to me, What do you request? So I prayed to the God of heaven and I said to the king, If it pleases the king, if your servant has found favor in your sight, I ask that you would send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. Nehemiah had heard that the walls of Jerusalem had remained burned and destroyed. And he had it in his heart to go rebuild the city. Daniel, Ezra, Nehemiah, and many others, both men and women, having an understanding of God's prophetic word, sought the Lord regarding the future of their people. And likewise, we as people of faith who have an understanding of God's word, we should pray, seek the will of God for the days in which we find ourselves in. And may it be that we would daily call, pray, seek, and search God's will for ourselves and for this nation. Today we've seen a message entitled Living in Uncertain Times. We have learned that we should take the Lord's gifts that he has given us, that we should occupy or do business until he comes. Church, the Lord has not returned yet. If he had, we wouldn't be here. So we are to do business until he comes even if it's hard business to do, we are to do business until he comes. That we might faithfully fulfill God's call upon our own lives. Therefore, we are to hold true to our faith and to God's word that we might find increase for our lives while praying for the peace of our cities, while discerning between the false and the truth. We must daily call, pray, seek, and search God's will for our lives and for our nation. And I believe if we would take this thought into the coming new year, though it may be difficult, don't tell me it wasn't hard for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Nobody's saying that there's a fiery furnace facing us, and maybe they are. Or for Daniel, who was cast into a lion's den, 
They lived in tough days, but they were called by this letter by Jeremiah to establish themselves where the Lord had planted them, to build houses, to plant gardens, to get married, to have children, to have grandchildren, that they would increase and not decrease. And Lord, let that be our prayer today. Lord, how we want to increase and not decrease as the people of God today. And I pray, Lord Jesus, for this church, as we enter our 30th year, may it be a year of increase for us. We thank you, Lord, for the provision that you have given us these past 29 years. And we do not truly know, Lord, what the future holds, but we are so thankful that you hold the future. And may we put our trust in your hands in a nation, Lord, that is so confused right now, may we hold on to your truths that you might guide us each day. And throughout this coming year, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today.